Welcome to the New Grow Wellness and Fitness Podcast. I am your host, Michael Henderson. Let's have a conversation. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for listening to my very first podcast of many to come. Uh, It has always been a passion of mine to uh, share information and resources and tips and tricks. And uh, I've always wanted to do a podcast, so here we are with our very first podcast. Uh, Again, thank you for tuning in. Um, Lots of goodies headed your way. Uh, Today, we're just going to get started with a little intro of who I am, what this podcast is about, and what it can offer you. Um, as a listener. Uh, My name is Michael Henderson. Um, I am a fitness and wellness coach of over 12 years. Um, I used to be a competitive natural bodybuilder, winning a couple overall shows, uh, falling short on my pro card a few times, uh, but very close. Um, I also have a background in college football as well as wrestling and running track. I'm definitely a huge sports enthusiast and, um, you know, passionate about health and wellness, overall complete wellness, um, nutrition, fitness, exercise, movement, mobility, um, and just how the body works and how we can enhance and optimize our experience here on this planet. Um, So, yeah, I was born... Uh, in New York, Bronxville, New York, to a mother and father whom I love dearly. Um, I have two older sisters, and between the two of them, I have six nieces and nephews, three nieces and three nephews. Um, when I was about five years old, we relocated to Michigan, where I reside currently. And um, as far back as I can remember, I was always you know, just intrigued by the body and how it works. Uh, You know, my father is a coach of over 40 years, a personal trainer, um, ex-athlete, bodybuilder. Um, So I I can definitely give him a lot of credit to my initial molding. Um, And it was just by observation. It really wasn't by him forcing it upon me or even asking me to do it. I just remember as far back as being three or four years old and just watching my dad work out and being completely intrigued and fascinated with just the muscle connection and the contraction of the muscle and and the shapes and the symmetry and the balance and the proportion. Um, and it, it just always got me. Um, you know, kindergarten, first grade, I just, I just remember kids assuming that I was the strong one of the group for some reason. I guess I'm a little... I'm a little stocky, a little stocky guy, but uh, yeah, and just being outside in nature for hours and hours and hours, you know, I could remember summertime, I'd be the first one up, everyone else is still in bed, I I would eat my quick meal, which at that time was a bowl of cereal, and uh, grab my bike and I'd be gone, I'd be gone from 9am till 9pm, and if I came home it was, you know, for permission to do something or to get another quick bite, you know, um, but yeah, we'd be outside for hours building forts in the middle of the woods, catching salamanders, fishing, uh, making our own bow and arrows. Um, and it didn't matter what season it was. It could have been spring, fall, summer, winter. We were always out there um, just just absorbing nature and being in nature, camping, uh, fishing. Uh, I was also part of um, a 
Christian-based Boy Scout uh, group called Royal Rangers, and that that was that also was an excellent time in my life. Um, you know, these are my younger years. We'll say around elementary time, and and just to have um, you know that that foundation being built uh, in my faith, but also being built through nature and and having the achievements like a normal Boy Scout would, but also having that foundation in God, which is nature in my eyes. Um, so yeah, we would have to earn badges, um, medals actually, that clipped onto our, our vest, um, our uniform. Uh, but you know, it just taught you to, to, to make knots, several different knots, you know, slip knots and sailor knots and tug knots and um, you know, it, it taught you to, to build fires and to um, forage and, you know, to, to put up a tent and to how to fish with bare minimal, you know, uh, all centered, um, you know, in faith and in God. So, you know, I, I had that foundation as well um, on top of, you know, playing sports, started playing football, organized football in fourth grade and really excelled in that and, and really enjoyed it. But to be honest, my first love when it came to sports was basketball. Even to this day, I, I love watching basketball. Um, I don't play it so much anymore, but I just enjoy the the the, the ability, the physical ability. I love to jump. Um, you know, I love to jump. I love to run and sprint and just, I don't know, basketball, something about it was just always a love of mine. So uh, I did play basketball for a little bit, a couple years, you know, in Little League, fifth and sixth grade. I guess it doesn't matter as much. Um you know, it was interesting because my focus was, I'm, a, I'm five, six and a half. Uh, and my focus was always rebounding. Like I said before, I love jumping, 36-inch vertical. Um, I, I, I love it. So I was always down low with the big guys grabbing rebo- rebounds and boards, as you want to call it. Uh, so when it came to trying out for basketball in seventh and eighth grade, I was stuck at, they put me at point guard. Again, five, six. Um and I, I knew nothing about playing the sport, actually, as far as court vision and passing and setting up the passes and movements and all that. I just wanted to get rebounds and show that I could jump. And needless to say, I got cut seventh and eighth grade. So uh, though basketball is a love of mine, I didn't have the opportunity to play it, which was OK. Um, like I said, I excelled in football. Uh, and then in middle school, I started wrestling in third grade. Um for freestyle, um, which I'm so thankful for. My father's a wrestling coach as well as a football coach. Um, and then progressed to wrestling all the way through freshman year of high school, um, which I really loved wrestling. It was wrestling's, uh, you know, I tell people wrestling is a unique sport because it merges like it's very much individual when you're out on the mat with that opponent, but it's also a team, right? Like your individual performance helps the team. And that's true from any sport for sure. But it was a great balance. You know, it was a great balance to, to go out there and everything that happened mattered on you and you only, but it also affected the team overall. So again, that's, I would say wrestling was very holistic in that aspect that it brought balance to both sides. So I love wrestling. I love the the rolling around and the mobility and, you know, just being close to the earth and squatting and lunging and, and, and just pushing your body up off the ground. And, you know, and the the art form of it being a martial art. Right. Wrestling is definitely a martial art. Um, it's an art form. It, it 
requires great discipline, um, discipline more than skill. Um, and, you know, when you're on the mat, every every match is like a fight, um, which is good because then, you know, you're not fighting just to fight, right? Most martial artists don't fight out on the street just to prove themselves or they're not being bullies or punks. They, they earn a, a, a different form of respect through their discipline. So um, and definitely built that confidence in me as a young man, a little boy. Um, that I that I could protect myself if necessary. I could defend myself if if necessary. Um, you know that I was strong, that I was safe. Um, you know, and you just felt kind of cool, right? That, to know that you were a wrestler. So, um, three sport athlete. So you know, football during the fall, wrestling during the winter, and then spring we would do track. Um, and I think I tended to develop a little quicker than some of my peers. And so in middle school, I was you know. I've always been one of the strongest. I've always been one of the fastest. Um, but in middle school, it was leaps and bounds. So um, the little stint that I did get to play basketball was mainly because of that, to go back to the basketball story. But, yeah, ran track, 100-yard dash, uh, the 4 by one and the 4 by 2 which was my least favorite event. Uh, and then a little bit of the shot put, again, because I was strong. But, you know, once I got to high school and competed with the big boys, not so much. So uh, I enjoyed track. I wish I stuck with track a little bit more consistently um but i mean simply put i think i was just lazy in high school and didn't enjoy the practice of running um so i love sprints i I can sprint any day all day uh but long distance is not my jam not at all don't enjoy it my mind gets in the way right um and there's really no reason why i have to do it so I, i i usually don't use Utilize long distance running, and that's okay. It's not for everybody, but I love sprints. I love sprints, car pushes, things like that. So, uh, yeah, background in sports. Um, um, you know, my my father was a multi-sport athlete, so he was responsible for having that influence. You know, most little boys view their fathers as their heroes and just this almighty physical male specimen you know i remember being little and me and my sisters would be hanging from my dad as he you know holds a double bicep pose and just remember his biceps feeling like little baseballs or big baseballs softballs really and um you know that that has an impression on any child let alone a little boy who admires their father and uh, i'm definitely thankful for that influence Uh, and i'm really thankful that it was indirect my father never once pushed me to do something i didn't want to do um if anything, he usually, like, I wanted to play football in second and third grade, and he really made it adamant about me waiting until fourth or fifth grade to make sure, one, I really want to do it, and two, to avoid burnout later in my life, which I am also thankful for. Um, so, yeah, I would say my father was definitely my influence for, um, you know, being physical and being athletic and and really establishing a love for things all things fitness right um you know i was with him at the age of nine through 10 11 as he competed in bodybuilding you know i went to every show i went to the gym with him not to work out but all of that right i watched how he ate i watched how he prepped his food i watched how he he would change his mindset um i would read all his magazines and books which were mainly arnold schwarzenegger and you know the classics like flex wheeler uh lee labrada people like that um so I grew up with this internal image of not, I didn't, I didn't know what steroids, I didn't know what steroids were until high school. So I grew up trying to mimic these guys such as Arnold and Flex Wheeler in my training. 
which again is goes to show the power of the mind because not knowing that they were on steroids i always had the visual of muscles that way looking that way in that size and it served me well you know um but yeah just thankful for that influence from my father um and you know i believe that we all come here we're born with a gift and sometimes it takes longer than you know it might take longer than someone else to figure out what that gift is and really establish it and really hone it um so i'm thankful that i was able to find it and establish it early on in my life and i've been honing it ever since um i started training on my own at 11 years old um my father worked with me for about a month wrote out a plan for me explained everything thoroughly um, and I just remember the first time I got stronger and I was like, all right, I want to lift heavier. And he's like, no, you, you're not there yet. You can't lift heavy. And so you can ex- execute perfect form and for every rep. You're not ready to go up. It's not about going up. It's about execution. And that's definitely a philosophy that I carry with me today, even with my own clients. Um, you know, I definitely understand to push the weight when necessary and push the thresh- threshold when necessary. But far too often we push that before we can execute over and over and over and over and over again right imagine you getting in your car and it only runs correctly one out of the three times that you actually get in it per day right no that car should operate not perfectly but you know essentially perfectly every time you turn it on it should always turn on should always hit into gear and reverse and drive the brake should always work the heat should always work, right? That's what the maintenance part is for. But not to get off on that side tangent. Uh, so, yeah, and I remember coming home in sixth grade and just working out for an hour and a half to two hours by myself. Um, you know, like I said, my father was off coaching. Um, and, yeah, it was it was an amazing, um, you know, situation. You know, my parents got divorced at a young age. So, um, you know, I, in sixth grade, I went and lived with my father and um that's when I started my working out and I just remember coming back to live with my mother in seventh grade and going back to the school where I left all my friends and they just were like wow Michael what how, whoa you are a young man now like what and I was like yeah I, I worked out and that right there just sparked it like I loved the way I felt when I come when I came home and worked out and just getting stronger and watching my body change and and eating um, and then just hearing the response from my peers and teachers and watching my athletic performance increase like that was it that was my that that was my spark being lit and my flame being stoked and um, you know. Uh, 21 years later 22 years later here we are I'm still at it so. Uh, you know, that, that was my father's influence in my life. Um, right around the time that I started working out was the time that my mother and my father both took me under their wing in the kitchen and really taught me, you know, just how to make a simple meal for myself. Not mac and cheese and hot dogs, but how to how to bake and prepare chicken uh, in different ways, how to cook rice without burning it to the pot, vegetables. Um, you know, my mother is from Mississippi. Uh, my father is from New York and my mother, as long as I can remember, would always it was always important for her to have a fresh prepared meal for her children. There'd be, you know, maybe one or two times a week, you know, like one time a week we may get pizza, you know, um, 
which was a treat for us in our eyes because you know eh, pizza but every other day like it was it was always a fresh handmade salad and this is back in the 90s before salads such as oh, your kale and your arugula and your spinach and your mescaline and all these like you can remember those thing, things weren't to mention there was no kale salad i'm not saying kale didn't exist but you just maybe in california but you know um she she was i can't say she was ahead of her time but i don't know i'm just thankful that you know every meal started with a fresh handmade hand prepared salad you know all the way down from the chopped tomatoes and this is like a regular tomato before again cherry tomatoes are abundant uh and onion and cucumber um you know lettuce not not just uh you know a head of lettuce not just not iceberg not a package you know sometimes carrots we would have fresh salad we would have you know um again this was before the boneless skinless chicken breast fad like we would have thighs and quarters and drumsticks and steaks and you know whatever you know at the end of the day it was just prepared from scratch at home with love you know i just remember coming home from practice to do my homework and just, you know, my mom would have some nice jazz or, you know, Bob Marley was played a lot or, you know, some nice soul and R&B was playing. And, you know, it's just a fond memory of being home, doing my homework, uh, you know, or maybe playing a video game or just hanging out, playing with Legos and my toys and just smelling the aromas, hearing the music, seeing my mom happy in the kitchen and just, you know, you couldn't be in the kitchen while mama was in the kitchen. When mama's in the kitchen, you don't go in the kitchen, but you can smell just the aromas and just the essence. And, you know, that's that's a, a feeling that I will always have with me that I always will be thankful for. And, you know, I for sure a feeling that my children, when I have children in the family, will also experience. And I think, honestly, that was, again, my foundation to being so aware and so in tune with my nutrition and you know my nutrition has grown over my life for several different reasons which we will get into over time but um having like that is very important to have a mother and father both that are great cooks right and to be honest at that age as a child anything your parents make for you becomes what you enjoy right um you know, i have that sometimes with clients that i work with you know, it's like, oh, my children won't eat what I what I eat or what what I made. And, it's, you know, there's reasons for that. And I'm not saying they're going to eat everything. My mom loved liver and onions. I I couldn't do it. I tried every time she made it because and, that, and that's another point to my to my story is when I saw my mother eat liver and onions and how much she enjoyed it, it made me want to like it. Made me want to enjoy it. So every time I say, "Hey, mom, could you make me some?" She'd be like, "You don't like it," and I'm like, "I know, but I just maybe this time, maybe this time." And uh, nope, <laughs> I I never liked it, but she would, you know, attempt. Never forced, um, you know. So so even with my clients, I say, "Okay, well, your children probably don't like it because they don't. They've never really seen you eat it at a young age, and now that they're older, they've developed their own taste, right? So don't fight with them. Just." one stop buying it or buy it less and then two you start eating in a way that you want them to eat and chances are they'll they'll become they'll come around and truly that's with anybody right peers um significant others it's osmosis right so to speak um but it's very important that i had that foundation very thankful for both my parents you know my, my father was definitely more of a meat guy 
you know, steaks and ribs and chicken, taught me how to make those different things where my mom was more complete, you know, um, you know, salads, collard greens, mustard greens, turnip greens, um, different beans, black eyed peas, navy beans, kidney beans, things like that, rices, um, you know, more, she was definitely more of the complete meal maker than my father was, but, um, definitely thankful for that influence from both sides. Um, so yeah, that, that's pretty much my childhood through middle school, um, on to high school. Um, I kind of, I dropped wrestling, um, in high school, just didn't resonate with the coach we had. Part of that is probably because my father had been my coach from third grade to eighth grade. And it wasn't like, Oh, my dad's the coach. It was like, I've never called him dad at practice. It was always coach. Um, that was by my own influence. It was just his style. He got results. He worked you hard and you appreciate it. You were in great shape. When I got to high school, we had this coach that was a little outdated, meaning like just he just he wasn't there physically or mentally, really. He would just sit in a chair, select some other student to run majority of the practice of all of it. You never really learned new moves or anything like that. Or he didn't critique you based on what he saw you could work on. It was just kind of like I'm babysitting you guys. So I really fell out of love with that sport, not the sport, but not enough to go through practices, you know, because I know myself, right? Like certain things I'm definitely, I'm a self-starter, self-motivator, but um, I know that I can be taken out of that based on who is quote unquote the authority or the helm. So, uh, yeah. And, you know, I told myself the story, oh, I'm going to focus on football more because I'm going to make it to college and blah, blah, blah. And so I just wanted to focus on track and football and weightlifting in between and speed training, agility training. And, and I did that. Um, so yeah, high school really became about football and just gaining weight, gaining muscle. So I worked out in the weight room hard. Um, which at the time that I was in school and the school I went to was kind of, there were a few strong guys, but I would say by sophomore year, I was probably the top two or three strongest person in the school, um, which, you know, earned me a lot of respect from the upperclassmen, definitely in the sport of football, um, to the point where, you know, like my peers and my teammates wanted to work out with me every day after school, um, I kind of got in trouble for that for a little bit because it combated with the coaches workout program. Um, but I, I would do that program first and then I would finish with my own program. So, um, yeah, really started hitting the weights harder and harder, um, set some records as a junior for weight training. Um, you know, I, I can remember it was like cleans and I believe incline bench press, you know, uh, I think it was 225 cleans and 275 on incline bench press, seven, 16, 17 years old, pretty decent, not bad. So, um, yeah, and that continued on into college. I went to Albion College here in Michigan, so Division Three. Uh, played football there and studied exercise science. And I remember on my recruiting trip, um, one of the coaches walks past me because you know we got to go to the cafeteria and eat as a team or a potential team. And he goes, "Wow, you're you're a healthy eater, aren't you?" And I was like, "Yep." Uh, you know, at that point in my life, definitely senior year, I really started to delve in. You know, that was when Ronnie Coleman was big into bodybuilding and. Um, that's when I really started to love weight training for aesthetics versus just power and performance. And, you know, I had that background in bodybuilding from my father and being young, and that really started to come to fruition and come to the forefront of my life. 
Uh, and I really started to study nutrition on, you know, macros and protein, fats, carbohydrates, and, and their effects on the body and what the muscles needed for performance and how to gain weight, you know. Because um, mind you, from sophomore year till whew, well into my late 20s, I was always the same weight. You know, I would maybe go down, but I would pretty much stay at 172 pounds throughout. So, um, but yeah, I... Um, so I went off to college, went to Albion College, studied exercise science, played football, um, you know, and again, that was just another stepping stone, another milestone um, to to this journey that I have of just complete total wellness. Um, and what I mean by complete total, you can say holistic, which is uh, just really a well-rounded approach to to optimizing your life, you know, not just for performance, not just for looks, not just for how you feel, but how you think, uh, how you, you know, observe things, your perspective, how, you, how your immune system works, aging, anti-aging, um, you know, mental health, spiritual health, emotional health, financial health and wellness, uh, relationship health and wellness. Uh, so all, all of this has completely played a role into this picture that I've created for my life that is my life. Um, you know, I was at college for, I stayed at Albion for a year. Um, for multiple reasons, uh, to be honest with you, college was intense as far as like the social aspect. Um, you know, as I said, I grew up going to Royal Rangers. Uh, I was a devout Christian, um, from the time really that I was born, but, uh, from five through, you know, basically kindergarten through freshman year of high school. And then the influence of, my peers and society and what I thought was the right thing and cool thing to do really got to me. And I kind of let that set a sub subside a little bit, which is okay. Um, sometimes you have to do that to know the value of it. Right. Um, and so, you know, I was in college and I, you know, I partied a lot to be honest with you. And even during the football season, but for sure more after the football season, I, I joined a fraternity. I did the whole frat life and I got really sick. Um, you know, I started the year with mono, uh, ended the year with, you know, they say freshman 15. For me, it was freshman 45. Uh, I went from 175 or freshman 40. I went from 175 to 216 pounds when I came out my freshman year. And that was all lethargy, um, horrible eating, a ton of drinking and just bad choices, right? You know, and, the, and the, this is all part of the totality of the journal journey to total health and wellness, right? You, you know, it's, it's kind of like people that are born into wealth or, or people that are, that win the lottery. When you win a lottery and you win a hundred million dollars, usually you lose that pretty quickly because you never practice and learn the habits to make that much money. Um, so, you know, if I was just born into great genetics and my parents always fed me great and my dad always made me work out, which none of that is true. I mean, my parents fed me great. My dad never forced me to do anything. But what I'm saying, if that was just handed to me and I've never had the opposite, you know, declining health or weakness or weight gain or um, depression through procrastination and laziness and not getting things done, I truly believe that it may be harder to, to, to appreciate the light, to appreciate the positive, to appreciate uh, my strength, my wellness, my vitality and you know, security, right? Sometimes you gotta, you have to go into darkness to appreciate the light. So, um, 
and light comes from the darkness, right? So yeah, I went to college. I was only there for a year. Studied exercise science. Um, my the the head professor of the department of exercise science, which was really the only the professor there, left uh, the same time I did. Um, so it was like this life changing event for me. Like I party too hard in college. You know, my grades were horrendous because I didn't go to class and my weight was up. Um, I decided to not play football anymore because I just really realized that my boyhood dream of making it and not having to do anything else besides being a football player was far-fetched. Like, it wasn't going to happen. Um, and that I needed to really hit life and, like, get things going. Like, okay, I'm 19. I'm not playing football. I'm not going to make it. Uh, what I, I need to I need to, I need to do this now. I need to make a choice. So uh, when I came home from college first thing for me was to lose my weight so i i started intermittent fasting before it was a fad and before i even knew what it was right it was more of intuitive fasting um you know i wake up and i always tell myself you need to like walk or go to the gym or be up for a little bit before you eat and i was really only eating one or two meals a day i made sure i did my workout that's where all my money that I had, the little that I had at that moment in my life, went to my gym membership. And yeah, three months, I went from 216 to 166 pounds. And it was at that moment through losing the weight and exercising and going to the gym that I, a spark hit me. It was like, wait, I think I'm going to give bodybuilding a try. And so, yeah, that was that. I remember telling my dad and him laughing. He said, oh, when you were a kid, you said you would never get on stage like I did. Um, and lo and behold, I was 19, 20 years old at that time. And I, I embarked on my first contest prep. Um, you know, worked with a local nutritionist who <laughs> was overweight himself. Um, but, you know, he, he had knowledge. It sounded good. It resonated. It felt good. He would take my body fat caliber, my weight. And just give me an advisory on, like, eat three more ounces of this, eat that, right? There wasn't really any macronutrient talk at the moment. So, um, needless to say, I did a prep for about 12 weeks, I think, based on what my father used to do. And uh, lo and behold, I won um, the novice overall. So, on my very first show, it was a local show that my father had competed in, uh, what was I, 20? Ten years prior to that show, my father competed in the same show and won it, uh, and I came back and won the novice. So that was really cool. And even when he did that show, they had, they called it the tots division, and kids would come out and swim trunks and pose and flex, and I was one of those children to do that. And so ten years later, I came back and I won the novice, so I thought that was pretty cool. And that was it. That sparked me in a whole nother light. It was just another upgrade. And it sparked my love for I was in the gym two to three hours a day. I couldn't read I couldn't read enough literature on all things nutrition, exercise, fitness, movement, mobility. Um, I mean, it just I went down the rabbit hole and that was it for me. I was like, OK, this is this. I'm going to be a bodybuilder. So just like I had the dream of football, I had the dream in bodybuilding. Um, again, probably not having the best influence as watching these pro guys, Ronnie Coleman and Dexter Jackson and Johnny Jackson and all these, you know, guys that were just these huge mass monsters making thousands, if not millions of dollars doing this. Um, and you know, that goes to show you that you never do anything. You always do something for the end result versus the 
temporary, right? Like the money behind something is never going to get you to the true fulfillment that you seek versus the end result, the outcome. Well, if I exercise and I work out and, and manage my food, I'm going to be healthy, I'm going to be vibrant, and I'm going to be well. Like I'm just going to be great. Not, oh, I'm going to look a certain way and earn a bunch of money and get sponsorships. Uh, but needless to say, so from the ages of 20 till 25, 26, I competed in 13 shows in about four and a half years, which is a lot. Uh, not the best on your body, but you know. Uh, needless to say, I did it. And I won. Um, I did that same show, that local show. I did it two more times. And on the third time, I won the overall open. So I won the entire show with the open level. Uh, so that was also really cool. And then two weeks after that show, I went down to Indianapolis and competed in a natural organization by the name of OCB, uh, which is a very good league for natural competitors, very competitive. Um, and I won the um, I won that show, the Circle City Championships, and um, took runner up on the overall. So I won my class. Um, you know. Judging on pictures, you can say I should have beat the hometown hero, uh, but who knows, right? Uh, bodybuilding definitely is a sport that's subjective, but it's also a sport that really is you versus you. That's all that matters in that sport. So, you know, football, basketball, did I win? Nope, we didn't, right? But in bodybuilding, it's more of like, did I make improvements from one show to the next? Yes, I did. Okay, that's victory in itself. So, yeah, and then, you know, I've competed in several different states, uh, Illinois several times, Indiana a few times, Virginia, uh, and Michigan. So, um, yeah, I did 13 shows. I And right at the same time uh, after winning the one in Indianapolis is when I started my business. Um, I had been a trainer for a local gym at that, at that point for a couple of years. Um, you know, I had a few clients of my own after graduating high school, just, you know, sisters or friends based on my transformation and what I did for other people, my friends. So I really started to get in this training thing. Um, and I remember when I was a child, I would always say, I want to open a gym. If I'm not going to be a football player, I'm going to open a gym. And I'm thinking like real gym, like goals gym, powerhouse, uh, not necessarily personal training. Because uh, my dad would always say, you know, it burns you out. You're like a babysitter. <laughs> um, so, yeah, right around 2010. August of 2010, I started um, and opened what was called Body by O, LLC, and um, the O is for my middle name, um, Body by O, LLC, um, which is now New Grow Wellness. Um, I didn't want to make it about me. It's about total health and wellness, which is everything and everyone, everywhere. So I definitely changed the name to New Grow Wellness. Uh, we just celebrated our ninth year, so... Uh, I've been doing it for nine years strong as an official business and over 12 years um, before that. So, um, yeah, and I have coached numerous people, hundreds of people um, for for weight loss transformations, but also shows. Um, I have three professionals under my belt, uh, two figure and one bikini. Um, shout out to Sarah Moylan of SheFit. If you don't know what SheFit is, SheFit is the ultimate sports bra, hands down the best sports bra. Um, and this is not even advertisement. This is just a plug. Um, I've been with Sarah. Sarah's been with me for 
the entire time that I've had my business, before then actually, uh, 11 years. Um, she earned her pro card with my guidance uh, as her coach. Uh, she's a friend and just all around great person. Um, but yeah, she is the CEO and founder of SheFit. Excellent, excellent, excellent sports bra. The best support, hands down, the best support for the girls um, that I have seen. And uh, I would say 98% of my clients tend to be females for whatever reason. Maybe it's my name. But uh, yeah, best support I've ever seen. Uh, great bra. So if you get a chance, check it out, shefit.com. Um, but yeah, so I have a few pros. Um, pretty good placings for most of my clients. Um, and yeah, we just, you know, I no longer compete in bodybuilding. Um, but I still have love for it. I still appreciate the, the aesthetic physiques and the balance and proportion and symmetry. Definitely love bodybuilding of the old versus the new. But nonetheless, it's, you know, bodybuilding is based around health if done correctly. So that brings us to the now. Michael Henderson of New Grow Wellness Now. Um, yeah, I um, am a... 200-hour certified yoga instructor as well, um, and Anusara yoga, alignment-based, heart-centered yoga, hatha yoga, um, which I love and love. Um, you know, I just remember in high school, my 40-time increased from one season to the next from a 5-2 to a 4-6 based on me stretching. Yes, I was squatting and lunging and lifting, but the most important thing I did was stretch and open up my hip flexors. Um, which was probably some of the best advice my coach at the time ever give, gave me was to like your hip flexors seem tight. And I just focused the whole summer on opening up my hip flexors, opening up my hip flexors. And I came back just a speed demon. I mean, I was always fast, but man, I guess not a five, two, but yeah. So that was really cool. And from then on, like everything I did and my father would always instruct me when you work out and you're doing exercise, treat it like a stretch, full range of motion. You know, you can't, if you train half, you're going to get half range of motion. You have to train full range of motion, full contraction on the eccentric, full contraction on the concentric, full range of motion. So that, that definitely served me. Um, and, you know, when I was working uh, at the local gym, uh, one of my co-trainers, she is a yoga instructor. And I just say, hey, can you put me through a yoga? And we did, I don't know how I many, we did 10 sun salutations, 20 total, 10 total but you got to do both sides. So, and I just remember like the feeling I had when I, I was so at peace, I was blissed out. My, I was warm. My body felt amazing. Like it was just the best feeling workout mentally in tunement that I've ever experienced. Um, and so, you know, I had always had it in the back of my head, you know, I want to do yoga instructor. I've always wanted to be a massage therapist Anything that integrates the body and its workings is, is my passion. So, yeah, needless to say, I, I, two years ago, I became a yoga instructor. Uh, I absolutely enjoy and love yoga. Um, about six years ago, I became fully vegan. Um, sorry, my timeline is jumping, but it's all relative. Um, so towards the end of my bodybuilding career, when I was really trying to become a mass monster, even naturally, <laughs> you know, I fell in love with grass fed beef and I bought a quarter of a cow and yeah, I ate a quarter of a cow in three months by myself. And that's not good, right? That's very extreme to one end. Um, and so I got spastic colon, literally spastic colon. It was 
just the most disgusting thing that I had to deal with with my health to date. And um, yeah, so I just started researching, you know, there's YouTube and the internet and you fall down the rabbit hole and I just started making fruit smoothies. It'd be spinach, water, and just as much fruit as I could fit in there as possible and blend it up, drink the whole pitcher throughout the day. And I instantly felt amazing. My health recovered. I lost inflammation, weight. I just felt overall amazing, which just kept me going. Just kept me going. It was two weeks, two months. People were like, how long are you going to do this for? I'm like, I don't know. I just feel so good. And naturally after that, I just came across veganism and raw veganism. And so I just decided to be vegan. It made sense to me. Um, and so for, yeah, six years, I went vegan and I went from fruititarian to raw. Uh, and then kind of to the prototypical junk food vegan, you know, uh, you know, all the fake products and the satan, which is vital wheat gluten and tempeh and soy and fake cheese and all these things. And so my health went from healing from spastic colon and losing weight and feeling great to, and I lost a lot of muscle being fruititarian. Um, then people started, oh, you, you don't look good. You, you look too skinny to gain weight. So then I started researching, you know, vegan bodybuilding and blah, blah, blah. And, um, so then I got sick on the other end. About to, after about four years of being vegan, I started to feel my health change. Um, you know, I was doing the sea moss. Um, I also started to get heavily into herbalism and foraging and wildcrafting, um, using herbs as you know uh, daily medicine uh, as necessary. And uh, yeah, I just started to feel really weak and just. I mean, I would hit hard training sessions. Uh, and the funny thing is, is, when I went vegan initially, I lost my drive to, I was just like, I don't need to work out. I don't feel like working out. I don't, I don't have, I didn't have, like, I would always tell people I lost my primal aggression. And they'd be like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, I did, I'm fine with it, but I just don't feel anymore. I just feel chill. And um, so that went on for about three or four years. I would work out off and on. Uh, that's and then I really got into the yoga and then you know I was like you know I need I want to lift some weights and just go at it again and I know when you take time off you can't just go in there and go hard it's not gonna work but um I just couldn't recover from my workouts the lightest workout and I would be drained for two weeks and so I just again started researching definitely a research based person and so I said okay what's you know. Uh, what's the least complex form of DNA on an animal? Fish. You know, what's what's the one that's furthest away from our own? Uh, you know, obviously, obviously going through yoga training, I became very familiar with Ayurvedic studies um, and body constitutions. I'm a kapha, earth and water, which is very true. Like my lymphatic system gets stagnant. I have to move around. Um, I can't sit too long. I can be lethargic, right? Those are all part of my constitution. Uh, so I came across sockeye salmon. Started eating that, and instantly, again, I just felt amazing, right? You got to be intuitive, definitely intuitive and in intuition. Um, you know, I've always been taught that there's three ways to learn something, and you want to use all three of them, right? There's facts, there's experience, and there's reasoning, right? Uh, so I always try to use all three of those aspects of, of learning before I make a decision to do something. And, yeah, so lo and behold, you know, now I'm no longer vegan. Uh, I, I'm... I'm I'm back to holistic eating, right? 
being being vegan or plant-based is one end of the spectrum now you have the carnivore diet you know which is another end of the spectrum um and there's no right way for one person everybody's different based on genetics based on your daily lifestyle based on your culture which is your family based on what you believe based on a lot of different things right so not one way of eating is for everyone 